Hello and welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast, where we got a few guys giving their two cents on everything hockey. Uh, today we got Kai, Braden, and Tyler. We're going to preview the draft. We're going to get into some draft day trades that we think about. Uh, we're going to try to get banned in Russia. We're also going to take a trip into Brain's Love Corner after all of that is done. Um, boys, how are we doing after that week? We feeling good? Yeah, Hockey's over, but... First week without hockey is always sad, but uh, we go on pumped about the draft, pumped about free agency. But yeah. yeah, this is about the time where I started looking at what the draft players are names of. You know, I tried to see who would be the third overall picks. So far, I've only heard of the first two before, like this week. But yeah, you know. I don't know about you guys. Did you, was I the only one who's paid way more attention to the draft when I was like 16 years old? I still pay attention way too much because I'm a nerd. No, but I used to put like scouting into like second, third rounders. Like yeah, I used to I'm know who these guys that. were. I'm yeah. still doing that. It's because I have Man, to do something. I could probably that. name like two guys outside the top 10. Yeah, I'm the same way with Kai. Yeah. Luckily, we got the insider, the draft insider, Brayden, with yeah. us. Let us know who's going 18th overall because we are going to talk about least Canucks prospects to take. At least they're drafting 25th. I have no idea. Who the twenty oh, fifth best prospect names. is? I've got some names for you, Tyler. <laughs> That's a little foreshadowing for later. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but I, let's start with what we do know, which is the first overall debate, which wasn't really a debate up until when Bobby McKenzie, Bar- Bobby Margarita, the best hockey insider of them all, comes out and drops a bomb, says the Russian guy's going over. Uh, He's Finnish. Sorry, the Finnish guy. See, look, I'm already trying to get banned in Russia. Uh, <laughs> the Finnish guy over uh, right, which is surprising. No, let's use some names. Um, first off, his name is Yaroslav oh, Slavovsky. He's actually Slovakian. Sorry. Yeah, see, Slovakian. Yaroslav Slav- uh, Slavovsky. Uh, probably murdering that, but whatever. Here's the thing. As far as the debate before Bobby, it's been a debate for a bit, but it's really picked up heat the last, you know, little uh, couple weeks. Reasons there. This kid's big. This is a six foot five. He's six five already. But he's two hundred eighteen pounds left wing. He's two hundred eighteen pounds. How old's the kid? Eighteen years old. Eighteen. He's in March. He's literally born in two thousand four. What? Yeah, and I think there's only like five guys in the NHL that are currently like heavier than him. Which is honestly like that's a question mark for me. There's only five guys in the league that play at a heavier thing than you. Or I heavier weight, sorry. I doubt that. Really? Maybe forwards. And like uh, even of those forwards, like the only ones that are forwards, elite, maybe. It's like Ovechkin and like oh, I can't remember, mate. What does Matthew skate at? I don't know. He's pretty he's lean, a big man. boy. He's, he's big, but like you don't look at like Ovi's built, right? Um built on pasta. Tom Wilson's the other one. Tom Wilson plays at 220. Okay. Wow. So this guy is like what I've Kids seen, big. the scouts think he could be a quicker um, adjustment to the top line in the NHL than right. Yeah, well, that's what you get with any player that's that big, right? Like, they're going to come in immediately. And the other thing that's important there, too, is, yeah, no shit, he's a winger, right? Wingers don't have nearly the amount of defensive responsibility that a centerman has. Yeah, that's a good point, too. You don't have to take too. draws, right? Like, it's an easier position to play. Um, right. Wing is the easiest position to play in hockey. It's the easiest position to play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a reason that's the one where if you're drafting, like you can kind of afford taking a bunch of in the later rounds because there's just so many of them out there. There's a reason mm-hmm. why wingers are the most traded players in the game. Right. Because there's so many. Yeah. Um, the thing to keep in mind with Slavoski, yeah, like the guy's big. 
He's Can you say his that. name one time, more, more time for me? Sorry, Slavkowski. Slavkowski. Mike was asking. Got, it's, it's FK, so I think it's Slav Slavkovsky. Uh, you know, as uh, the Slavkovsky, as the Eastern European descent here. Yuraj, okay. Yuraj Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky. I don't know. I know it's uh, you know, Suvlaki. A little quiet, Suvlaki. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff Spaghetti here um, <laughs> played in the. Uh, he was playing in Finland there in the minor in the Finnish Junior League. Uh, 31 games, only five goals and five assists for 10 points in those games. Mm. Now, obviously in Liga, like, it, was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry not even the Junior League. There, he was playing in Liga, yeah. which is the men's. Yeah, league. yeah. that's so, that's pretty. That's pretty good. You expect more like that. The production has been a point of concern that I've seen a lot of scouts bring up is that you still expect more out of a top draft pick, especially a guy going second overall in Liga. That being said, when you look at this kid's production on the world stage and tournaments, yeah. you know, seven goals, seven games, stage, seven goals, seven games in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the U20 championships, he went pointless both years that he played 2022, 2021. But you're also playing on Slovakia. Not the best Yeah. He only played nah. two games this past year, too. So. Exactly. So two games, you can't judge five before you're 17 or 16, even at that yeah. point. Like, you can't judge too much. Um, when he does play, though, like, maybe the numbers aren't there, but he does impress. That being said, are you going to ignore, you know, 31 games in a men's league because he put up seven goals in seven games at the Olympics? It's nothing to scoff at because the guy also played, but um, – that's something to me where we've seen a lot of teams put too much stock in world junior performances or international performances, um, just to be disappointed later on after the draft. Right. We you saw know, that with only 11. Yeah, um, for sure. We've seen it with many players, but even but, like there's players that you fall in love with because of it. I remember watching uh pull Yarvi or whatever world juniors that was. And I was like, this kid's amazing. And I, I remember think, that's part of the reason he went third. I think yeah, though, if they if it's top two in the last few years, is there any top two picks that don't really pan out? Like, there's not a lot. Like, realistic. Uh, but though, Reigns be seen there. Byfield, same seen. thing. Right? Those guys are still young, so it's tough to say. Very young. And then the right. other ones we're talking, you know, McDavid, Matthews, and obviously those are like different guys. Mm. But like, you know, before we're talking like his year, we're talking we oh, go way back. We're talking Nolan huge. Patrick. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Like he so had there's that. Problems. He's got migraines. Like it's I tough mean, you could argue if you redo that the Hishir draft, Hishir does not go anywhere close to number one. No, it goes. He goes top ten, top five, maybe. He goes top. It goes, it goes top Makar Pedersen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. no doubt. But either way, if you're a top two nowadays, it feels as though you're kind of a lock for a top six forward. No, mm-hmm. you should. Dude, yeah. any top ten player <laughs> should be a lock for your top six. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, that being said to me, like <sighs> Slavovsky's got that dynamic skill, you know, the best comparison I've seen with his size and everything that he has is like Rick Nash. Like that's what oh, this yeah? guy can be. Yep. That's He's a great a big guy. That's a good comparison. Big guy. Now I think Rick Nash is a little overrated, honestly, in his career, but that's a debate for a different time. Not a hockey. Oh, that is a hot take. Well, Rick hockey, Nash is not a hockey hall of fame. That's not a hot take, but back, like back up. He wasn't a great player. Oh, he in was. Columbus? I think he's just overrated. He was a little overrated. Fair enough. Like I think, he, like in the last few years of his career, is overrated. But he had well, his peak was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, but it was like didn't he years. never? Was he never? I don't even think he had a season as a point no, game player. He didn't. Yeah, he never maybe, had one season. One. No, I don't think so. Is this like me this? overrating Rick Nash? Okay, on air. He had uh, his career high was seventy nine points in seventy eight games. So he had one season over a point game. How many goals yeah. he had that year? Uh, Forty. So it never scored it, eh? 50. Yeah, so he only had he had two 40 goal seasons 
And then like a bunch of 30 goals. He was obvious. Oh, sorry. Three, three, 40 goal. He had that one really good year on the Rangers, but obviously he's a good player, but yeah, hockey hall of fame is a huge stretch. Oh yeah. Like no, doubt. Only, I don't think anyone's only 46 there. career playoff points, 800 points in the regular season. Kind of. Yeah. That's yeah. all of, that's all a very good player, but he's not. Yeah. Point is though, that's what Slavovsky, you know, if he hits and he hits, that's kind of what you're looking at right there. Still a great player. That's a first line winger, and that warrants a second overall pick, as far as I'm concerned. No and doubt. Is that that height? To me, that's a player who you're hoping that he leans out a bit and loses some, and that they're able to play um, and adjust accordingly. Because that's, I don't think he can play at that weight. Um, you, you think know, he has I to mean, slim I, I down? Was, I yeah. just watched a little bit of tape here. His skating is pretty impressive. He's a great skater. It's just, you know, that's also in Liga versus in the NHL. Yeah, right. that's fair. It's the world of a difference, and it always is. Though. Some players can't adjust as well when they play at different weights. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Patterson had put on a lot of weight. I remember coming into the second year, and he had struggled uh, with playing at that heavier set. He had to lose it, yeah, because uh, it wasn't him. But you know, players are different. Point is, the upside's huge with Slavovsky. Like it's definitely there. That being said, to me, I still go Shane Wright first overall. This guy. All right, finally, we're talking guy. about Wright. Yeah, because yeah, this is this the number guy, one guy. Well, to me. This guy's been number one for how many years now? Two, three, two and a half. Yeah, like three. This has been the guy to go first overall in this draft. So I'm looking at three, four years of track record versus one year because this guy had a really good international showing. Don't get me wrong. Like, Sofoski deserves to go number two. But I've got to end, you know, like we had kind of mentioned earlier, Shane Wright's the centerman. Mm -hmm. And look who's going drafting first overall. You're telling me the Montreal Canadiens, the team that have always needed a first-line center, are going to skip on a potential first-line center at first overall? Hard to see it. Hard to see it. Do I see them going, potentially, considering Slavoski? Yeah, and you know, reports recently suggested that yeah, more and more they're looking at him as well, their that's, pick. That's just being practical, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 can't, you can't only look at one guy for first overall. No, and it hurts because Shane Wright is more of that like Nugent Hopkins, Nico Hischer first overall pick, right? And he is a Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. um, Austin Matthews first overall pick, right? Like if yeah. this guy hits, and you're very happy if you get this at first overall, mm-hmm. but like best 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 case scenario mm-hmm. is Patrice Bergeron, and that's he probably is, not happening. He's not Bedard though. No, he's not Bedard. He's not Mitchkov. Like yeah. it's not it's not a weak draft, but it's not that franchise franchise player at the top. Right, right. I don't know. I'm betting sixty to seventy points is what you're looking at of him as a centerman. Right. Yeah. So close to I mean, it's so hard to say right now. Yeah. Who knows, that. right? But then that's also a player who's very defensively responsible already at his age, and he's going to be defensively responsible in the NHL. Um, he's going to walk in next year, and he could be a third line center. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like those are very good players. So you've got higher upside for sure. I think with Slavovsky but you have a larger body of work with Wright, And it's not like his ceiling is that much lower than Slavovsky's. Mm-hmm. And I think his floor is a hell of a lot higher than his is. Right. Okay. And then after like that Bobby McKenzie reporting, it kind of just feels like you think it's more of accumulation of information type of thing where yeah. it's, scouts are saying this, that he could go, but it'll be right. You think? I would put my money on right. That's though, like we kind of, you know, all three of us were talking in the pre-show. You got Slavovsky going first overall plus 200. Those are good odds. Like you should take that. There's enough information out there for sure that warrants that's worth a bet. Right. Um, if it was plus 100, no. But the fact you're getting two to one. 
you're getting two to one odds and the guy who's never been wrong with who he said is going first overall calling him at first overall like it's worth it to take him at first over or you know put money on him at going first i don't think mm-hmm. it happens i you know if i had to put my money on who i think is going to win like or on who goes first it would be right i think right goes first but those are nice enough odds where yeah, yeah. it's worth a bet right um you know, if we want to look out, I guess at the rest of the top five there, number three, you can take it to the bank. It's going to be Logan Cooley. The mm. second best center in the draft, potentially second the first. Second best center in the draft, potentially the best. Man, that kid's got the most upside out of any player in this draft. Um, his arms are freakishly long, too, compared to his body. I think they go down to his knees or something. Like, the kid's actually insane. Um, fast, skilled, great puck skills, dynamic. You know, that's a player who's going to look really good next to uh, Clayton Keller over at Arizona State University in the next couple <laughs> years. Yeah, ASU. Um, so Cooley's definitely going third. And then after that, we start to see we're not sure what's going to happen. Basically, no uh, Russians. Yeah, I just wanted to round that out with you'll see Yurichek and uh, Simon Nemec, both right hand defensemen. Mm-hmm. They'll go four, five, or maybe slide to, you know, sixth. Um, but you can expect to see those guys go. Your checks more of the uh, traditional type defenseman. Nemec's more of that more modern day puck moving, uh, you know, slick puck skills defenseman. Damn, I love how you know all this. We have a draft insider on the mm-hmm. loose change pod. So take what your pick with there. I would go Nemec. I think Nemec's got higher upside and he's more of the modern day NHL defenseman. But your checks also got stronger defensive capabilities and like, you know, probably more of an all around strong uh, two way presence. They'll both be top pairing defensemen in the NHL. So the top five, everyone's getting good players. How awesome would it be if Philadelphia trades their fifth round pick then and gives someone else a top player? Their fifth overall or their fifth round? Their fifth overall. It's going to be hilarious when JT Miller gets traded there. Um, (laughs) No, I don't think JT goes to Philly. That's Myers for fifth. Um, uh, How about to bring it? Because I've heard reports say that... senators. Philly has sent a package, including oh, have they up two firsts for Demrinkit? Well, this is one of those drafts where it pays for name brand recognition in terms of draft capital, and what I mean by that is that um, Chicago pulled it off with Brent, with Hegel, where uh, or sorry, Tampa rather got were able to capitalize on uh, name brand. Right, they got two first. They gave two away two first round picks for Hagel. Right, Chicago's going. Oh my good God, we got two firsts. They're thirty first overall. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, those are second round picks. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So one thirty first, and we'll we'll see what happens next year. But my point in that is that sure, it's a first round pick, but it's not a first round pick. Right. Like the chance, the drop off between thirty first overall and first overall is so much bigger than 31st overall and like 108th. Yeah, but that's why Philadelphia is, is so valuable at fifth overall. Like that they have their first round pick. It trumps any contender's first round pick by a lot. Well, it does and it doesn't in that what I was going to say there and where I was going with this is that if you even look, just look at the drop off from first to second, it's significant. Fifth, honestly, with like how it hits and how players turn out is about the same as 10th. Okay. Right? And it's even then, like it's a it's a difference, but... It's not the difference you'd expect between 10th and like Mm -hmm. 20th. This draft, especially too, it's not a weak draft in that it's bad players, but it's a weak draft and there's not those strong like franchise players, right? It's not 2013. It's not 26, not 2013, sorry, uh, 2016. 
it's not 2003. Um, this is probably one where, you know, a, a guy going in the uh, fifth overall to 10th, expect like a second line forward, like kind of thing. You know what I mean? Maybe like a second pairing defenseman. Um, right. Okay. I gotcha. Not that first. And that's not to say that we won't hit that, but you know, I've seen, uh, oh, I think it's Connor geeky. I've seen mm-hmm. some things with him going potentially fifth overall. That's a guy who's like third line center is his most likely hit. Yeah. See, I don't want to start projecting all these guys. I know, but that's just what I, the projections stand at. I personally could see Chicago making that move this year because they traded their first round this pick for Seth Jones, right? That's right. They're missing yep. their first. So they would be picking sixth overall, but that pick's going to Columbus. So maybe they're like, hey, now we can move, pick up the fifth overall. To me, the guys to look out for, yeah, Philly and then Ottawa as well. We know they want to make a move. We know they want to you know, move up in the draft here. But they're um, already at seven. Yeah. Yeah, but still, like, seven is the one that you should look for. Like, they'll – seventh and fifth in this draft isn't huge. Um, what are the prospects attached to that if it's, you know, if we're talking to Brinkett? But like we said, Braden, that's still better than any first a contender can offer, a five oh, or a sure. seven. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, and that's the thing. Like, he is most likely going to – you know, in Ottawa, a Philly, a team like that, that I think Philly's a, a perfect match and they're looking to go up. I don't, you don't think they're going to be like, I, we, it's been reported that they've knocked on the door with the brinket. They've they're willing to give up a first round pick for him. I, like if mm. I think there's clearly a path, you can see a path to that happening. Maybe oh, you don't I think it's the, the favorite. Path. I think but... it's the path for sure. I think Philly is dumb enough to do it i guess more so what i mean is i don't think that's a move philly should be making um, of course not but like who, right. that's not what we're talking about we're talking and about I if philly will do it that's a player that they should be you know i you know my stance i think philly needs to go back to the broad street bullies um ottawa i see it more as a fit for both sides is what it should be um but i can see uh, i could see philly for sure fifth you're getting cutter gochi i think he's pretty good winger um is he Debrinkit? No, like Debrinkit's better than what Goche will be, um, but it is what it is. What do you no, think, Kai? Debrinkit, where is he going? Is it Ottawa? I don't, I don't think Ottawa would do that. Uh, I, I mean, so. I think, I think Ottawa would have interest in it, but I just don't think that they should be giving up those assets for him. They shouldn't. Um, they would. I think Ottawa's issue there is, does he resign? I think Philadelphia is much more likely than Ottawa is just based off of their track record. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's going to make um, a splash. That, okay. mo- that, that pick is moving. Anyways, Brayden, I have just one, one more draft pick I want you to give your insight on because this is one name that I've been hearing for like three, four years. Player or pick? And Player. Okay. And now I'm looking at this mock draft. He's all the way down at number 29. Name? Brad Lambert. Give me your opinion. Away from Brad Lambert, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, that's one guy I wanted to bring up specifically, actually, as well. Is that that's a guy who was talked about as a top five pick before the year started. He's been yeah, on so the this year started. Years. Yeah, Brad yeah. Lambert, the Finnish phenom. Brad <laughs> Lambert. Uh, his dad's Canadian. Anyhow, um, he's been on the radar for years. He's got elite skating, and then just. Last year, you know, obviously COVID's disrupted these kids' um, process, right? Like, been a, yeah, I've been able to play hockey. Obviously, their uh, their development's going to get stunted to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Lambert's just, for whatever reason, has fallen off. His skating's still there, but it's... 
Now, he's not a power forward, and he's never been built as a power forward. So don't take this comparison in that. He's Jake Vertanen-esque, where he's got speed, and it seems like he just goes in circles around the zone with the puck, and then it's a nothing play that comes out of it. Kasperi right? Kapanen, like... Yeah, that's a great that's a great comparison, right? So, and it's just like Kapanen, you can see the potential. You know it's there if they would just drive the net or start making these, making these smarter plays. Just drive and, the fucking net. Yep. And for happening. whatever reason, Lambert, he did do that. And then he just hasn't. And the production's fallen off and it hasn't returned. So mm. where I wanted to say with Lambert is that that's a guy who <sighs> watched the Canucks pick, like that 15th overall or just any team in that area, because there's a lot of teams in the late 20s who would look at the 15th overall pick and say, that'd be great to snake Brad Lambert there. And there'd be a lot of teams in that area going, I'm staying away from him. I'm Who's got the 15th down. overall pick? Bangkok. But Nux. you look at it at number 15, you know, sure, you could probably go with a safer pick with lower upside, or you could swing for the fences. But I think there's a pick, there's guys with higher upsides at that area. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So getting into that, I guess we could go into because we wanted to talk about Canucks targets and Leafs targets. Yes. Yeah, so the it. best teams in the league. They are it's the cool. most important teams in the league, at least. Specifically with the Canucks guys to look at in that range and guys that can also. A lot of players I'm going to mention with the Canucks, I can also see falling all the way down to the Leafs. Don't do too many. Give us three targets most yeah. each team. Let's keep this quick. Okay, yeah. so let's keep three for the Canucks. First one I want to bring up <laughs> yeah, is Pavel, Pavel Mintyakov. He's this Russian defenseman, left-hand shot, left side, strong two-way, also has a lot of upside on the uh, on the offensive end of the ice. Give me a comparison. I don't know, man. Like he's big, but he's offensive, so it's kind of tough to think. Big offensive like, defenseman could could comparison. I don't want to say like, mm, like Wierenski. No, think more of like, oh, that's stupid. Tyler Myers is almost like the first thing that comes to mind. That's stupid, Tyler Myers. Okay, that's that sounds good, right? Okay. Um, so think of like the offensive upside of Tyler Myers without the defensive idiocy of Tyler Myers. Okay, so, I like it. Okay. Right, okay. Mintyukov. Yep. So he plays for Barry, or sorry, not Barry, uh, Saginaw. Saginaw. Um, I could see him going higher than that. Like that's the guy who also has been mentioned as like, he could potentially have the most offensive upside of any defenseman in this draft. What about it? He's got more work, but we'll see. Second guy I want to bring up again. This is related to the Canucks. Uh, though this is a guy I could see falling all the way down to the um, uh, the Leafs. Not the Leafs at twenty-five. Noah Ostland. It's a centerman. He plays out of the Swedish league. Um, great center, like a lot of speed, lots of skill, great playmaking abilities. Um, Canucks don't have a lot of center depth right now. Like, you know, if Peter Horvath go down and assuming Miller's traded, not a lot left after that, you know, mm-hmm. to play. That's true. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot up in the, you know, that's developing right now. So I can see them going, they're going to go center or D. Um, Minchikov doesn't make as much sense just because the left side's so loaded right now. Um, so okay oh so who's I, the third I, one the third one yeah <sighs> there's a couple so i could see connor geeky falling that's another centerman the one i mentioned yeah um big guy but doesn't always use his brain so he might not go there's joaquin kennel owen pickering that's another left hand d who i think is amazing and is gonna go way lower than he should um i gave you three Braden. okay here's the third one frank nazar that's the guy to keep an eye out for then i think with the canucks uh centerman speed cool for days speed for days great shot 
um, great playmaking ability, um, plays in the U.S. national development team. I think that's a guy that um, is going to fall, and a lot of teams are going to be really happy taking him. A lot of scouts, like there's one poll I saw where, you know, who's your favorite player in this draft? Let's ignore everything about, you know, upside this, that. Like, who's your personal, like, little pet project, I guess, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. you know when you're playing NHL, like EA franchise, and, like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's the start of the season, and you find some random prospect that's ranked, like, I don't know, the late 20s, but you're like, I'm going to take him at 16 because he seems cool. And then he turns into a good player for you. Mm-hmm. That Nazar kid seems to be a lot of scouts version of that. In this I'll tell you what, if I had EA in front of me and I had to pick a player to draft and it had the last name Nazar, it's probably who I'm going with. Mm-hmm. It's a cool name, cool jersey get, done. Leafs targets. Okay. So first one I want to bring up is also one that I can see the Canucks taking. Uh, left winger out of Swedish league, Liam Ogren. Power forward. We know the Leafs have been liking their power forwards recently with their drafts. Uh, just look at Matt Nyes there. Uh, Ogren also potentially has the best shot in this draft. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't mean, you know, there's accuracy, there's hiding it, there's this, there's that. I just mean it's pure shot. Kid's got the best shot in the, in the, um, in the draft. Skating leaves something to be desired there. So obviously there's got to be some development. I want Um, forwards. So I like that. I like that. So there's that. The other one I could see the Leafs going with is Rutger McRorty. Um, He's a right wing. Yep. Right wing. Also play center. I don't know how I feel about him. McGrody? Mick, Mick, M-C, Grarty, G-R-O-A-R-T-Y. Oh, so we can call him McGoat. I guess. Um, he's tough, right? Like, he competes. He's tough. Really good defensively. Does His he name's Rutger. Rutger. Does he become more than a third sign center, though? Not likely. So... The Leafs Maybe to me no. seem like a team that swing for the fences in terms of the skill that they're going to get. Oh, yeah. But McGrady's a player who is going to play in the NHL. Like, you know, kind of like Goat, Freddy the Goat could bring up another Goat. Yeah. Where <laughs> you know goat. that, like, one way or another, like, they can, be, they will and can be able to play in the NHL, right? It's just, is that as a fourth line center or is that as higher up in the lineup? Okay. So McGrady's one that I think to take a look on. And just on that safer side, if you look at the recent picks that the Leafs have taken, they kind of swung for the fences a bit more recently, which to their credit has worked out so far with a lot of their picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the recent um, unfortunate news with um, Amirov with, yeah, with Rodion Amirov, I wouldn't be shocked if they played it a little bit safer just to make sure that they had some sure things coming through the pipeline. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so keep an eye out for him. Okay. I love that. I think that's you a- I probably nailed that one. I, I think that guy's our guy. Who's the third pick? Uh, Jaeger Furkus. Fergus, yeah. So Jaeger, but it's J A G G E R, and then Fergus F I R K U S. He's his right winger, plays okay. in the dub for Moostra. Um, kid's a ginge, and he's got a dirty stash. Like just look up oh, his I NHL draft combine pick. Like absolutely hilarious. Like the stash should put him higher. Um, right now it's looking like he might go in the second round. So he's the second or third round. Apparently, they've loved him in their interview with them. Call him back for another one. And you know, Dubis is going to trade back for sure yep. if he doesn't oh, have a guy right there. Is there a top six potential with him? Yeah, like he's a right winger. I could see it, but I think more likely you're looking at a third liner. Maybe, yeah, you know what? Maybe second line. Um, but kid's got skill. He's got playmaking abilities. Like that's one guy who I could definitely see the Leafs being interested in. And by all reports I've seen, they will be. Wow. I love it. Well, it, 
before we get into draft day trades, which is kind of like what I really want to get into, I do want to touch on Russians in the draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. so even before going in, we are seeing a lot of Russians being ranked a lot lower than what their true talent lies at. Uh, the first one we saw, even though it was due to other circumstances, and I kind of want to ask you guys what you would do, but I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to discuss it, given its health. Uh, but Ivan Miroshenko, top five talent. Like, this kid's good. Um, has Hodgkin's lymphoma. So mm. same thing that uh, Mario Lemieux, same cancer Mario Lemieux had. Mm. Um, so all reports so far is that, you know, the kid's making progress. Uh, it's only been good news. But obviously that's hurt his draft stock. So you've seen him instead of going top five, projections have him going into the mid-20s. Hmm. Do you take a shot on that or do you play it safe with your first round pick? Um, I think like you said, Braden, once you get into the twenties, it might, it's basically a second rounder. Just yeah. Take your shot. Shoot ceiling. If you want to shoot ceiling. And it feels like a team like Tampa or Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's going to be a team like that. That snipes a, a guy like Ivan Marashenko. Okay. I yeah. mean, if you can afford to be patient, I don't see why not. Right. Yeah, because I we'll get through the rest of this draft stuff because there's one thing I wanted to bring up regarding next year's draft, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Because um, in the rest of the Russians that we've seen, you know, again coming back to the top five, top ten, whatever talent, uh, Danilo Yurov, top ten talent, right winger out of Russia, fantastic offensive toolkit. You know, guy can skate, guy can score. He's got he's hands. got it all. He's got he's like Pavel Burt, not Pavel Burry, but like. Pavelbury light almost if you want to think of it like that the bail of the bull I've seen a lot of projections having him going around 12 like in that top 15 um specifically Buffalo Buffalo loves the player and they have three first round picks so that's a team that can afford to you know take a flyer on a Russian yeah but Braden this guy might be going to war that's what well I mean let's get into that is how is that going to affect it um with the recent news regarding what's his name Fedotov, Ivan Fedotov. Ivan Fedotov, for those that don't know, Ivan Fedotov was a Russian goaltender who was going to partake in this year's draft, but was recently arrested by the uh, evil dictatorship that is the Russian government, um, as they claimed he was trying to avoid the draft. Um, not the NHL draft, but the you know military draft. Um, arrested He's trying him. to avoid getting conscripted by the military. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, and normally, like Russians do have to do one year of service. Normally, you can get an exemption as a hockey player because this kid was trying to come out west, wasn't able to get that exemption, was arrested, uh, like we said there, for if trying to evade the draft. Um, was taken to some hospital, was injected with some random things by some random doctor. Uh, sounds like he may have been poisoned and, as of most recently, was sent to some random Arctic base to participate in the military in their illegal invasion of my homeland, Ukraine. So how does that affect the draft right now? Remains to be seen, but already we are seeing Russians drop and they're just going to drop more. Yeah. Like, I won't be shocked if we don't see a Russian player taken, you know, at all in the first round. Um, it's not just. That I'm would sure. be unheard of. And that's crazy. The political landscape that's impacted. Dude, it's it. back to the nineties and the eighties with the, the old Soviet days. Right. And it's yeah. like, it's not even just that it's, you know, it's your first round pick. You want to make sure it hits. Like it's, it's dangerous for a player to get drafted. Yeah. yeah to our one listener in Moscow, Fuck right you. in, right in and tell us what you think. Hey, you don't know. It's, it doesn't have to be government. <laughs> what the hell? Come on, man. We got a fired up Ukrainian over here. Oh, we like I Russian people. Why. So, 
not this guy's fault. Not our one listener in Moscow. Yeah. Fault. Oh yeah, He's the just one catching guy a ricochet like crazy. Yeah, though. the guy outside of Moscow who's got access to uh, external Western media. Wonder why he gets that privilege. Don't make me cut this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, maybe he's fighting the system. That's yeah, you know. You think, you think Putin listens to the? <laughs> I know he does. You know it. Yeah, I'm gonna have a fucking laser on my forehead in a couple of days because of what I'm saying right now. But fuck that, dude. <laughs> Uh, oh my god we'll save it with brains left corner later we'll give them some good advice they'll be all over it um wow yeah so that is crazy how russians are going to drop for that yeah so i think you'll see a team like tampa or pittsburgh like like some good ones. oh they're going to take a bunch of russians in the second third round just be like we'll get them in five years and, and then- they're going to be hardened after war so it's going to be some good prospects. Well, they won't play like the guys that stay, right? Because what I'm assuming is going to happen is we're going to see a bunch of these Russian junior players sign deals in the KHL mm-hmm. because it's going to be, you don't have to go to war if you stay, mm. if you're, if you're going to play hockey, it's right. tough to say, I'm not going to the West. Well, why won't you sign a contract in the K then they're offering you a couple million rubles. Why are you taking it? Oh, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. What do you mean for the draft then? Right. You want to know something crazy? The average K or the highest paid KHL player right now, 2.3 mil. You'd think it'd be way more because Kovalchuk signed for 10 mil. Rubles are worth nothing. Yeah. Right? Like you're not going to make any money sitting over there. But I thought the Russian economy actually was rebounding a little bit. I don't know. This is a a recession came in. I'm pretty sure that they've actually done okay. Not a Russian Um, economy podcast. Not anymore, anyways. <laughs> that one episode didn't go well. We no, we we bought their uh, their logo. It used to be the loose change. They used to talk about Russian economy, but we were like, nah, let's make it a hockey podcast. Mm, fair. Um. Okay. So speaking of hockey podcast, let's do the best thing the hockey podcasts do. Let's say some crazy hot take trades that anger some people and get other people excited. Oh, Montreal's um, trading for another top 10 pick. That's the other thing. Okay. Yeah, so let's start there. Montreal fans going to trade for a top 10 pick. What are they Ooh. trading? Yeah, where are they trading away? What's going to piss Petrie. them off the most? Petrie? Petrie's yeah, not yeah. worth a top 10 pick. That's for He'll, sure. It's a weaker draft. He'll bounce back. They want to make a splash in front of their hometown fans. Do you think that Montreal would consider trading someone like Romanov? Oh, for a pick? I think they would. They'd consider it. It would have to be such a good offer. Like, they shouldn't. If you get offered seventh overall for Romanov, like, I'm, I'm just throwing that number out there. Ottawa wouldn't do that. But Well, he's got, like, a contract negotiation. Let's say it's not going well. You could just mm-hmm. say, you know what? You take him. I'm giving you a seventh overall for a guy who hasn't even got a deal, though? No, oh, thanks. No, for sure. Well, he's an RFA. Even Romanov, like Romanov, he's, just, he's 22, you know, and um, I he could just be part of the package. I don't know if it'd be Romanov straight up for a seventh like, overall. Oh, yeah, one for a ninth. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. So who are they giving up then? Because it's not like they can afford to give up any top players or top prospects to get I know, him. I know Petrie had a bad year. I don't think that his value has been affected by that year. I think they went, he had no one to play with. He was in Montreal. Not on him. He's 34 years old. And he's yeah, making 6.25. I mean, maybe father time just caught up with him. It, it could be. And here's the thing. If you're a smart team, you shouldn't. If you're an idiot like fucking Fletcher in Philly, <laughs> you gave up how much for Ristolainen? Yeah, I yeah. guess they also traded for Ryan Ellis last year too, eh? or yep. two years ago. Yeah, and now they need defense. I wonder why. Um, 
<laughs> but like, that's I don't know guy. what they're going to give up to do that. So I don't think they do that. I think they might trade down or trade for a player, but I don't see them trading up to get to in the draft though. They can make a splash other ways. They're making a splash watch. Okay. Um, I, I, I'd be interested to see who that goes. Carry price. That'd be insane. I don't think I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. Like there's no one really worth anything that they Carey can afford trading away. Carry price to Philly. Carry price to Philly for their fifth overall pick. Um, yeah. Okay. Montreal. I, that's boring. Let's talk Leafs. Where are the Leafs going to do? Are they going to get a goalie at the draft? Please tell me they get a goalie at the draft. Age I don't know what to Hill. do. The San Jose guy? Yeah. You really think that, Kai, do you, you think that's ridiculous, right? Yes. If they're going to trade Why? for a goalie in San Jose, it's going to be Reimer. Thank it, you. It should be Aiden Hill. Over James Reimer, who has a career 916 with career bad goaltending in front of him. I'll take the guy who put up a 918 with the Arizona Coyotes. I'll take, One year. I'll take the guy who can join the list. Oh, sorry. I put up a 916 the year before. I'll take the guy who could join the list of successful Arizona Coyotes goaltenders elsewhere, such as Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta and Mike Smith. Like, say what you want about Mike Smith. Okay, like, like, okay I know that one's pushing it. But like, um, Arizona pumps out good goalies, man. Okay, so you said Aiden Hill put up a 918 in 2019 in 13 games. On a bad team? 13 games, Braden. I'm just saying, he played what? 13 games. What did he put up this year? In 29 games? Uh, he played 25 games this year. He put up a 906. A 906? And tw- Let's look at James Reimer this year. He put up a 911 in 48 games. Mm-hmm. What Peter Mrazek put up? Uh, oh, 896 I mean, or something? I don't think we're arguing that he's worse than Peter Mrazek. What's James Reimer's contract and what is Aiden Hill's contract? How old is James Reimer? How old is Aiden Hill? James Reimer is making 2.25 mil. And he has how old? He's uh, 34. Okay. And how old's Aiden Hill? Uh, okay. But like, you know, we're going to take no, 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 a worse no, no. goalie over age. How old, how old is Aiden Hill? 26. Aiden Hill is 26. How much does Aiden Hill make? I don't know. How, does, how much does he make? But James Reimer's making 2.25. Like, that's not a huge difference. How much does Aiden Hill make? Ah, Aiden Hill has a cap hit of 2.175 million. Holy shit, Brian, you can suck it. For a team where 50 grand matters, that matters. Um, <laughs> dude, yo, take it Your, your argument just changed so much once you learned that Reimer makes the same. So, about the only thing going for Aiden Hill over James Reimer is that he's younger. That's, that's, that's acquisition yes. costs. That's acquisition costs that doubt. You I think so? I think so. So he's better because he's younger, but also he has a worse lower acquisition well, he, cost. He for, should he's be younger. worth less. He should be worth less. Yeah, but I think that's a guy who's worth taking a flyer on. Okay, so we're going to go. The Leafs, okay. who are the second well, best odds from the Cup, should go into yes. the season with Mrazek and Aiden Hill. Oh, is, yeah, that's because your that's, fix. That's, that's, so much, that's so much worse than uh, Mrazek and Reimer. We've done Reimer. We well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying Reimer like, should well. be their 1A, but I'm saying like Reimer could be a good 1B. And you need to get rid of Mrazek as well, in my opinion. It should be Reimer. Yeah, yeah. Sign Flurry? No, sign Flurry and get Aiden Hill. Done. Okay, Next so mm-hmm. I think clearly we should put both ideas together. The Leafs starting goaltenders next year will be Marc-Andre Fleury and James and Reimer. Holby. And James Reimer. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry, and I forgot. You also got Ian Clark 2.0, and you're not going to take a young goalie who you can mold him with? Like, 
No, get Aiden Hill. Trust okay, so that's Braden's pick is Aiden Hill. Kai, Watch, James Remmer would be a good one B. Aiden Hill, when Aiden Hill wins the Vesna this upcoming season. The Braden episode. I'll collect receipts. <laughs> You'll collect receipts. He'll be the starter on that team by the end of next season, without a doubt. The Leafs. No, whatever, what, uh, San Jose, whatever team he plays on, he's the, he's the starter. Hmm. And he'll start next year for San Jose. Yeah, because James Reimer will be on the Leafs winning the cup. Um, if not Reimer, which is probably not going to happen. I'm just saying that because it's awesome and fun. Um, what do you guys think about rolling the dice on, like, Frank Hoos? No. No? Dude, I, I legitimately think, I think go get in hell. Well, Frank Hughes is a UFA, so you don't have to give up any assets. I think if you go UFA, you go after Flurry. That's the guy. Get Flurry. I mean, they're going to cost a lot different. So, I think Frank Hughes is a good answer, both. Kai. Um, it's both. better than Huso, I think, which is also an option at UFA. Excuse me. Because, Brayden, here's the thing, right? You're talking about Aiden Hill, who has like 76 career games with a 908 save percentage, which is fine. That's not bad. Pavel Francouz has 64 career games and a 919. Yeah, Francouz played on the Colorado Avalanche. Aiden Hill played on yeah. the Arizona Coyotes. Obviously. That's no, a but difference. Pa- part but... of some of uh, Pavel Francouz's games were in like the 2018-2019 season when they weren't that great. I come from land of Oshawa, Ontario. <laughs> Here in Oshawa, Ontario, we have a rep hockey team called the Oshawa Minor Generals. Now, the Oshawa Minor Generals are popular and known for being a complete garbage team. They are not good. They're not a good rep team. They've never been good. I think the most successful player to ever come out of Oshawa is one Sean Avery. If you're really going through this whole thing just to be like bad teams have worse save percentages, we know. One thing Oshawa is good at, though, oh, our goalies are good. Why? Because they get shelled with 80 shots a game. You kind of learn to be a good goalie. You play with bad defensive coverage and get a shit ton of shots, you're going to be good. So you or, prefer goalies coming from bad teams than goalies from coming I'm from good saying teams? I'm saying I prefer that, but I'm like, you're forced into way more practice. And what do we do? Is there any track record we can have with that with the Arizona Coyotes and bad goalies seemingly coming out of nowhere? Or not bad goalies, rather, but good goalies coming out of nowhere there? Uh, like I just said, we got Darcy Kemper, who just wanted to stay in the Cub. So did Frank Kuz, who went 6-0 this playoffs. And we got Antti Rantha, who's also a traditionally strong goalie, who's just dealt with injury issues. You're saying Frank Kuz, but Frank Kuz has played with... like can't really ignore the injury history, though. No, but when he plays, he's healthy. Or when he plays, he's healthy. When he's That's healthy, true. He's... He, when he plays, he is healthy. When he plays, he's good. Right? And then, am I going to blame injuries on the team? You're more likely to get injured, I think, for sure, on a bad team than a good team. But, um, but the point remains is that the performances are strong. I'm not leaving this podcast with us saying me, let's go least goaltender. And we just talk about Aiden Hill for 15 minutes being the right answer though. Like I, I need someone else. Okay. I'm saying Brayden, I think- you've, Brayden, you've made your point. Let's move on. There's nothing else to really say at this point. I think, uh, Flurry should Flurry. be the target. I think it's Flurry. Flurry should be the target, but <sighs> going, it can't be Hill. It should be Frank Come on, like that's not a difference, right? But we're just throwing like that's what we're doing though. That's what I wanted this to be is where we give up more than one suggestion yeah. for what the least goaltender could be. No, you're I th- just I shitting think... on every suggestion besides wow. your one shitty suggestion. No, because it's a good suggestion. But I think the most likely scenario is flurry. 
Really? You think it's yeah. that likely? It just seems I, like a dream nothing. scenario. I think Flurry and honestly, like, move from Raz, like, I don't care. Get Brain Holpy as your backup. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I honestly do. I don't think I don't think he costs much. He put up great numbers this year. And again, like Did he put up great numbers this year? Yeah, he had a really good year. That's awesome. I think Vancouver does wonders for goalies for some reason. Um or for backups at least. But no, like and then just touching on goalies too, like I mentioned there earlier. Leaves hired Curtis Sanford today, who is the Vancouver what well, was the Abbotsford Canucks, Vancouver Canucks minor league affiliate, uh goalie coach. Um guys Ian Clark 2.0. Like when the Canucks were potentially going to lose Ian Clark, who's the best goal tenant coach in the league. Um, part of the reason I wasn't as worried about it was because they had Curtis Sanford waiting in the wings. Um, that guy is essentially Ian Clark. Um, look at the work he's done with Seelovs and DiPietro and Spencer Martin and Abbotsford. Um, those are all goalies that, you know, A, Martin now has a shot at playing in the NHL. He's the one that identified uh, Spencer Martin. He's now the backup. And he's gonna. He was developing sea lobes into the next thing, so these fans should be these fans should be excited about that. Look for him to run the draft as well for the goaltending end of things. Um, great hire. What is Vancouver gonna do with J.T. Miller? They're going to trade him. Besser's extended. Mm-hmm. Miller's gone. Miller's gone yesterday. So he's Miller's like, gone. He's yeah. gone at the draft guy. Draft or free agency? I'm not sure. Yeah, they. Are they were comfortable with going into more like more into the year with him? Mm-hmm. I but think they they need to make reports, the decision. Recent reports are saying it's the draft most likely. I think they're going to take one more run at him, like one last final offer, and then he's most. I think he's going to the draft maybe a week or two after the draft. Um, the asking price and the offering price is now higher than what it was at last year's trade deadline. Oh really? Yep. Oh okay. Because I've read that one report where it was like when they were talking to the Rangers, it had to include Schneider, and now they're okay with it not including Schneider. Yeah, because you're getting Capo Caco back instead. <laughs> it's still a pretty good offer. Yeah. Mm. Like who else would be um, a potential match? Because that's a good match for sure for JT. It's a lot of good matches, man. Like LA Bruins. Bruins. Bruins is a great match. Hurricanes would be good. Um, Pittsburgh Johnson coming back BC native Um, wow there really is a lot can Pittsburgh afford it uh it's only five mil on the cop you retain a little bit for a year absolutely you can are they gonna say the way the shelves again though well say say they let uh Malkin go they sign Latang and then you could bring in Miller my god wouldn't that be something and to be honest your team would be better Oh, absolutely. The Washington Capitals are interested. Like, every team's mm-hmm. interested in JT Miller because he's the best guy available. Mm-hmm. He's a 100-point player. Mm-hmm. At 5.5. At 5.5. <laughs> 5. Yeah. Gaudreau yeah. might be the best player if he dips out of Calgary, but we're going to talk about Gaudreau yeah, later. Yeah, I'm talking by trade, right? Yeah, we're talking, but... yeah, we're talking <laughs> Miller right now. So, okay, I, that's kind of interesting. Do you think who gives the better package who do you think would step up to the plate between carolina boston pittsburgh i think mm. boston's willing to go here you go i like boston's pieces yeah because new york has the pieces and i think new york having an extended run this past year is going to show management that it's like okay our windows now let's give up some pieces to go for it and the one thing that people aren't talking about with it like there's got to be a conditional uh pick included in that as well mm-hmm. 
If he resigns, it's a second. You win the cup, oh, it's a first. Yeah, yeah. If nothing, like it's a fifth. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Toronto's got pieces. I don't Toronto's think Toronto's got pieces. And Toronto can somehow, if they get rid of Morazic and sign mm-hmm. two goalies for good deals, they trade Kerfoot and Hall. That way, there's Sandine right there. All well, of our genius Leaf fans are telling me that it's going to be Hall, Kerfoot, and like a second, and that's going to get JT Miller. Oh, in the trade? Oh, no, no. Yeah. Okay. If, if the Leafs can throw in, like, you know, not necessarily a Mirov, but like a Matthew Nyes. And you're including like, Nyes? I'm you're including, including Nyes. Lilligren. I Yeah, I'd go Nyes or Lilligren or Nyes Sandine. Like, I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's the offer. The ask would be Liljegren. Uh, Kerfoot would honestly, Kerfoot, the guy could see the Canucks liking. I would like Kerfoot. On yeah. The okay. So Kerfoot. Canucks would like a third line center. So yeah, yeah no, no, Kerfoot would be great. So Kerfoot, okay. Liljegren, a first, and you're adding something else onto that. Kerfoot, Liljegren, a first, and SGA, like a B prospect who projects to be a third line center. Something more than SGA. More than that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Maybe add nice to that. Yeah. Ship back Luke Shun. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. He would be great. Oh my God. No, don't Me, ever. Luke Shun would be great on the lease. I wish we had Luke Shun forever, man. I I, way I can pull out my kid's medium jersey again. Start wearing it. Yes, that'd be awesome. Luke Shun to the lease. If Luke Shun was on the Canucks like five years, Kai, would you have a Luke Shun jersey by now? Absolutely. Me too. He's been great. <laughs> He's so good. Okay, so Luke, wait a second. Wait a second. Let's, let's actually edit so that out good. one more time so I can clip it. What is the story that's definitely going to happen on draft day? Luke Shen and JT Miller. To the okay. Leaves for Timothy Lilligan, a first-round pick, unprotected. Um, Kerfoot. Alex Kerfoot. And nice. 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 So from the least perspective, you're giving up a third line center in Hall who you guys really don't care about if you're getting Miller back. Like that's nothing to your team. You lose Lilligren, which hurts, but it's like you still have Sandine, you have Brody, you have Muzzin, you have Riley. And Luke Shen plays a style that the least need, right? That's right. You throw Luke Shen in, you take away Lilligren. You get you have Miller, you take away Kerfoot, and you give away your first round pick and Matthew Snyes, who projects to be a pretty good player. I think that's a win-win deal. And you get oh my your second-line center. Because that's not... Leafs aren't, like, hemorrhaging their future in that trade. They're not. No, not One first and nice who will definitely be a good player for sure. I don't want <laughs> but, to let him go, but that's the price of getting JT fucking Miller. Leafs have to make some moves, right? Yeah, they do they have just, to shake they, it up. They got to sh- they gotta shake it up somehow. And this is a shake-up that they can afford without giving up core pieces. And there's like no chance they'd resign Miller. So it, it'd be like a one year thing, I feel so. So full year, right? Like we've seen teams give up more than that at the deadline. So the Leafs gave up a first and a fourth for Nick Felino at the deadline two years ago. So. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right? I'm wondering with Boston because they said they didn't have the pieces. They give you Brandon Carlo, okay. Jake DeBrusque, mm-hmm. and something like a first. You doing that guy? Yeah. How long is Carlo out for? Wasn't it like a really major injury? Yeah, but it's true. The injury hurts them. That that does hurt it. Like past, like late into winter, I'm pretty sure he's out. 
Yeah. Because that's a guy that they've had interest in for a while. And that's like, that's like Quinn Hughes' defense partner right there. That doesn't sound like just like at that first take, it doesn't yeah. sound as good as the Leafs offer or as good as the Rangers offer or as that's, good as some other teams. That's sure thing. So that makes less sense for the Bruins just because like they do need Carlo. That's they need right. everything. But then here's the thing like, does. If the Canucks say no because of Nils Longfist, you're going to say yes to Lilligren? Mm. Yeah. I think well, Lilligren right? was Spencer really good. Nice is the main piece in that trade. Yeah. But the oh, sorry, main Martin piece. Nice or whatever. I don't know. Matthew Matt, Nice. Matt, Matt, but the main piece yeah. you need to get back into in the JT Miller trade is Quinn Hughes's right hand defensive partner for the next 13 years. It has mm. to be that guy. That's, that's obviously what you, what you ha- want. That's what you have to get. And like, obviously, like they don't always work out, but you need to get a prospect who has a good shot at being that. Or you young- know what? Lilligren yeah. legit has a shot. Not a great shot at being a top defenseman, but he absolutely yep. is going to be a top four defenseman. And if you put him with Hughes, that's good enough for now. I agree, but you need that defensive stalwart that's going to be able to play that. And to me, Lilligren, I I know he was billed as more offensive and he's become more of a two-way and stronger defensive. His advanced uh, stats are really good defensively. He is, but is he Schneider? No, Schneider's like the modern Luke Shen almost, right? Is kind of how Schneider feels. And like, he's a different player for sure. That's what mm. you want, right? And like, there was Hel Granz on the LA, who LA was looking like a favorite before they traded for Fiala. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a six foot something that Prahan shot that can play that defensive side. Brock Faber, who just was the guy that got moved, right? He was another one who defensive liked him a lot. Man, the thing is, though, Kings still could. So many pieces. The Kings, so still, the Kings could still give up like two mid prospects for JT. They had such a good system. rebuild, and yeah. look, they just signed Fiala, and yeah. they have a good goalie, I think, in Cal Peterson. This yeah. could be the new like division favorite for the next few years, legit. I'm <laughs> in Vegas, man. Like, I, I'd still want a better. I don't know. I'm not sold on Peterson yet. I am. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. They did go with quick for the playoffs, though. So that, I think that was a little bit telling. Yeah. Fair enough. He's young, though, Cal Patterson, yeah. for sure. But it's not, I don't like, it's still, it's not a, they're not in the, there's worse spots to be in. So, okay. where are the, like, the worst trade that you're happy with as a Canuck to wrap up the JT Miller thing? Give me, like, you need this from X team. You need it because you say you want Hughes's partner. Okay. That can't so be a need. That's a need. That's a need. That's in this need. trade. Okay. I, I would right, say right chance shot. You need it. Bare minimum for me is the like an equivalent to what the Fiala trade was. More. You need more. Which was but like that's that'd be okay with it. You're getting an elite prospect, and you're getting a pick. Like you need one elite prospect, one pick, and more. Like and that's a something. Player. Yeah, so it's like a roster player would be nice just because like the Canucks do need to ice a roster. But you've already but... been offered that. I know. Right? So yeah, they, yeah. and the offer's only gone up. You need so yeah. to me, it's third line center. Okay. Potential partner for Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. And a first. Anything else is a loss. That's the minimum. Right. It doesn't mean you so... have to like the, the guy has to turn into Quinn Hughes' partner because they're young players, like anything can happen. You're subject to like whatever happens, happens. But that potential has to be there. It has to be a good shot at it becoming. Ray, what do you think about this potential trade? Carolina Hurricanes. Martin Nikas, baby. Martin, Martin Nikas. <laughs> Ethan Bear. And a pick. I want more. Th- I want a player with a better chance of it than Ethan Bear. But and do they have round. other defensive prospects? Because mm. I, like, I, I, know, I know most of their young players are forwards. I wouldn't hate that. 
there's got to be a first and a second. That sounds like a lot. Okay. The Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Panthers. Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Hurricanes don't have a first this year. Mm, okay, that yeah, hurts. So, like, and I, I just, Nikas is such a good player. Like, I know he had a bad year. Nikas, I don't know what the proper pronunciation there is, but like, like that's a guy who's that's a top six center who just had a bad year. Mm-hmm. What about like if you really want to do it? Because this is a player that the Leafs have been targeting for a while. You get Brett Pesci. 27 years old, too old. 4 million, too old. No, nope. 27, too, too old? old. Okay. You get three years. That Doesn't fit the timeline. Too old. Understood. No. 20. I do like your thinking though. If it was a couple years longer. Okay. It's like the oldest I'm looking at for a defenseman mm-hmm. in that return. Right. So bears 25 and you don't have to protect him to be a huge defense partner, but he is a defense that you get back. It could well, be a lower end thing, package. From Carolina I think bear could be, I think bear could be Quinn Hughes defensive partner. It's just the likely, I don't know. This year made me question a lot, but. You'd rather Lilligren than Bear. Being at the ice time. Uh, well, really? Bear. Remember a couple of years ago, he had like the most ice time he for Edmonton. Good, man. Yeah. Like, it's just, I think you could get Bear for cheaper than involving him in a JT Miller trade. Right. Okay. I'm standing by. I said this to you guys not in the pod before. I'm gonna put it in here now because I I think you could do it. Hmm. Do Tanner Pearson for Jesse Pulley one for one baby. You can do it. You can do it. You can absolutely do that. Yeah. Do it. One for one. Yes. Pearson Dude, for was it, they're asking for a second or a third. Right. And do you want Pearson go, was offered do you want a Stanley for a Cup winner. Do you want a Stanley Cup winner who is an elite third liner um, that has two? He's got two Stanley Cups and he played a fifty-point pace last year or yes. forty-five-point pace for your right. shitty guy with seven goals. Yeah. You want him? Canucks throw in his fifth or something. Like who cares? If you really need one to. for one, you could get a one for one. You think so? Eh? Or at least wow. a fifth. I would love it. I would love that. Because I just uh, really like Pooley Arby. I think he's hilarious. He's very meme worthy. Look at his advanced stats. Like the guy's not going to scroll on himself, but he creates so many chances for people when he's on the ice. Like the points are going to break through. Did you mm-hmm. see that video of him a few months back? He went on a date and this girl across from him, like took a video of him and he was eating pasta like a fucking animal. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you saw that, hey? That was wild. I love Pooley Arby. I think he's, he's so funny. Carbs. He's a king. That was my favorite player in that draft year. I remember, like, I, I got sucked in by the World Juniors, but I was like, this kid's amazing. Yeah. Um, right. Is there any other draft day trades that you guys want to hop into, or should we just uh, go right into Kenobi in the love corner? Uh, I think we covered all the main ones there. There's going to be a lot of moves. Is the main Next thing, week, right? we're going to do the free agency spectacular, because uh, free agency is on Wednesday. Um, yeah. So we can like go through Gaudreau, we can go through Forsberg, yeah. we can and do that'll all that. That'll be nice because it'll be post draft, so we'll have a little bit of a better idea what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll sum up yeah. the draft too, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's do that. Let's hop right into Kenobi. Thank you, everyone, all hockey fans, for listening to the Loose Change podcast. This episode was fucking le- awesome. Uh, it was legit. We're hopping into the Star Wars portion of the podcast. Spoiler alert, guys. Kenobi episode six. How do you think of the finale? What do you think of the series as a whole? I'm surprised you guys didn't do a rundown last week. We were waiting for you. you. Oh, I appreciate that. Classy, classy act. Um, I love the finale. I thought the finale was the best episode. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I thought it definitely checked off all the boxes I was hoping for. Um, I'm not sure how I felt about the 
Luke storyline. I thought it was a little bit unnecessary, but. I agree. I think a lot of us yeah. um, Star Wars fans were just like, give me the Vader Kenobi. You know what I want? Well, because it, it, it like took away from it a little bit. It right? interrupted like it. Because it, it, it had nothing to do with Kenobi at the end. And it was just, yeah, you know. It was me. Yeah. But then at the end, we got a hello there. <laughs> that is so funny. I love how they put that in there. That is awesome. Um, uh... And then right after we got Braden's favorite character, who's just taking a little break right now, he, Qui-Gon Jinn, shows yeah. up. And we were talking about it pretty much every time we talked to Kenobi on this podcast, but we got it, finally. And yeah, you know, it was short but sweet. That was that was really all we needed, right? That's all I wanted. I really didn't just need to go into it. Just an appearance. Um, he looked good, eh? I kind of, yeah. He, oh, he looks great. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a man's man. Um, <laughs> but like, I kind of liked how throughout the series, Obi-Wan was kind of trying to like force the connection. Mm, and then at, yeah. the end, at the end, it just happened naturally because he was at peace. Because he was right. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even actually think about it like that. So I, I like I did like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I think the way that it ended was perfect. No need for a season two. I'm extremely nervous because I'm seeing stuff about them considering season two. Depending I'm extremely anti-season two. We yeah. you guys talked me into it two weeks ago because I was like, oh, more Vader Kenobi. But then you guys were giving me the reasons why. And it really I don't need you guys to ruin it now that you guys like tied in no, these exactly. holes. Don't ruin it now. Like, what are you gonna do? Bring back Maul for season two? Like, sure, that'd be fun to watch, but it's not. Yeah, I'd rather a no. fan do it on YouTube than them actually do it in Kenobi. But, you know, I don't know if the viewership for the series was enough for Disney to pull the trigger on a season two. The you thing is, it was two. the highest. It was the highest usership over Mandalorian and uh, Boba Fett. It was, but Not only 300,000 people more watched this finale than the Book of Boba Fett. Right. So you'd think Which isn't that a if, whole lot. If you, yeah, that you'd think it would be more, eh? I would have expected it to go yeah. almost 80% more, or maybe 100% more. Like, I thought... A lot. I think that they expected people to come in and watch the series that hadn't necessarily watched the other series, mm. and that didn't really happen to that extent. That's true because there's also you got to think about time. Like there's probably yeah. just an extra few hundred thousand fans of the Mandalorian and Boba Fett now. Exactly. Since then, because I didn't watch Mandalorian season two when it right when it came out, I waited like a bit. Uh, Brayden, yeah. what did you think of? Qui-Gon showing up was it just perfect you are you well what we're talking about right now are you worried about season two happening it feels like it'd ruin it right I don't think they should do it I really hope they don't I don't think they will I don't think they should like because what it should be like if you were the viewership up, wasn't really that good you're right I don't I, I don't know the numbers of that how much is the fact I just think of how much stories are left to tell it oh. should be Obi-Wan just hangs out with Qui-Gon and he learns it'll be a force ghost and he sticks with the sum up his ass and waits for like Luke to grow up mm. that's what it should be you can't have him leaving the planet again. Yeah. Because you could, but like it would it wouldn't make sense. Like you know he doesn't link up with Maul because Maul spent the whole time looking for him. So Maul shouldn't like it just to me that doesn't make sense. Like it just seems like overkill. Yeah, it's a totally fine way for the series to end. And it should. Like to me, it's anything more is just for the sake of it. Like, you know, the Andor stuff looks like it's gonna be really good. That's an opportunity to explore a bunch. Like use 
those shows to explore whatever you want. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the fight? Was it one of the best Star Wars fights? Now that you got some time to reminisce, is it top three, top five? That Kenobi Vader fight? I'm less fond of it now than I was at the time. Yeah, when I watched it, I was really into it. Now I don't think it's top three. I, I said it was no, top three not. at the time. It's not. Um, it's good, I, I put it motion fifth or mm-hmm. sixth. Mm-hmm. I put it ab- above every Luke Skywalker fight. It's a shame that uh, I, I did like the Return of the Jedi one. Ultimately, yeah, the lightsaber fights in the original trilogy were a little bit underwhelming. Like they were so mechanical and there wasn't a whole lot of that's the thing flow, right? flow to it, you know. Yeah, um, that's something that really improved as the CGI got better. Part of that's time, right? And like, also, like they have swordsmen train the prequel exactly. actors. So I mean, that's definitely like the Obi Wan Vader fight in A New Hope was a joke, right? Like that was to just me. It's like yeah, they're both old men though, so it kind of makes yeah. sense, right? Like they're old guys. Still lame, like yeah. still lame. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I think okay. Number one, Duel of the Fates. Number two, Mustafar. Number three, I do love the Ahsoka Maul fight from Clone Wars. That was fun. I love that one. And hmm, man, the Vader Ahsoka fight in Rebels was pretty good. Ahsoka's fighting style is really fun to watch for the yeah. two lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's borderline top five. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the I slash love- of Kenobi's mask, that mm-hmm. made it for me. That was mm-hmm. the part. I loved how, how they like incorporated the Force into their fight. Yes. And like, how Vader demonstrated at the start he was way better than Kenobi. Because a lot of the previous fights that we've seen in Star Wars, it's like, okay, they're going lightsabers, and then now they're both using the Force to duel. But then this was like, they're kind of interchanging. Right. Yeah, it definitely felt more like uh, if you were playing a video game, it was that kind of fight. Like, you'd be using both. Yeah. The combos. Mm-hmm. Um, Hearing it go from Skywalker's voice to Vader's voice, that mm-hmm. was cool. Overall, yeah, a top five, top six Star Wars fight of all time. Again, though, it's just very common theme with this series is how did that guy get off the planet with no one noticing? How did Obi-Wan get off that planet in his dropship? Because there's been like Star Wars material in the past where they talk about what ships can use hyperspace and what can't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like based off of what's been established, the ship that Obi-Wan had should not have been able to travel in hyperspace. Yeah. I don't know much about that, but like it definitely feels like it was lazy in the sense of, all right, Kenobi's gonna get out of this one. We know I this, mean, and it's like yeah. how. I went. Uh, the, the, peak, the peak for that was Episode Three when right? Vader like, grabbed the ship right in front of him. No, no, when um, he got for Episode Three. Oh yeah, was, Episode Three. He got like, like Obi Wan was like almost like dying, and then he just somehow got off get off the planet, right? Because Vader puts out fire with the Force two seconds before, and then fire happens, and he's like, oh no, where did Obi-Wan yeah. go? I watched yeah. him go away. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I don't want to nitpick. I thought it was a fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's like, I think The Mandalorian definitely is better. I think it's better written. It's definitely a more fresh storyline. 
which I like. Yes. Um, and honestly, Book of Boba Fett, debatably more enjoyable for me. Book of Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian episodes, yeah. more enjoyable for me. But Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett episodes, not so much. Mm. That's fair. But I think it's good. We're done with it. It was good. I'll watch it again in the future. It inspired me to watch A New Hope through Return of the Jedi last mm-hmm. weekend. So that was awesome. That's nice. Um, but I can't wait for the new stuff. I'm glad that they're going new, and I hope they stay away from Kenobi. Speaking of new, out with the old, we're talking love. We're talking Braden's Love Corner. It is time Ooh. to finally have some juice in here. It's been like two months, Braden, since we've gotten a date update what's going on we have more heartbreak um quickly because not only do we have heartbreak we have breaking news breaking news sharks are expected to name mike greer the new general manager mike greer has never been in a gym before that being said they have played a thousand sixty games in the nhl including the uh oilers the capitals the sabers the sharks Uh, and then back to the sabers they were drafted in round nine 219th overall in the 1993 draft in 1060 games uh, 162 goals, 221 assists for 383 points and 510 penalty minutes. Is this the first um, African American? I think so. Manager? I think so. Yeah, really. Yeah, first black guy in the office. Yeah, it, maybe even behind the bench. Like, can't think of a coach that was black. So big place for Maker. Congratulations to him. Big yeah, news. Well, Good for him. Um, the other piece of breaking news, though it's not official, so it's more just a report, but we were established, we were talking about it, so keep it going. Um, John Shannon, NHL insider, on uh, Sakara and Price today, Vancouver uh, Connects radio show, stated that he believes that uh, JT Miller's going back to the Rangers. Really? So we did all that talk for nothing. That's his favorite. The Rangers. Well, I mean, that I was the like original. Everyone, everyone's yeah. had a radio bit where they kind of say the same thing, right? Everyone yeah. has the Rangers as the favorite, which makes me think it's not going to be the Rangers because it's never the favorite. But That's we'll why see. we go off the board of the Blue Change Pod. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, let's go to the Love Corner. Everyone's yes. favorite little corner of love. No so ads this week, by the way. No ads. If there's any ads listening, hit us up. We were told to um, not ever advertise because people didn't want to be associated with me. Um, so on Love this week, um, it was quiet. Didn't have anything going on. And then what on uh, on Friday night? My brother's having some friends over. I'm supposed to go out, and then my friends cancel me. I'm like, oh, I'll stay in and party with them. Who knows? Maybe it'll be fun. So he has like a bunch of his friends come over. They invite a bunch of friends, and a whole bunch of people come over. Anyways, I get talking to this this lady. So first, her friends uh, oh, trying to get, convince her to come, and I'm pretty in the bag. I'm like, I'll convince her. So she gives me her phone. I'm like, look, you got to get over here. I won't say her name again out of respect. I always uh, will keep the names quiet. Jennifer. Um, Sure, we're wrong with that. So I'm like, Jennifer Babes, like, you got to get over here. Like, you're going to miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime right now if you don't show up. And she's like, what opportunity is that? I'm like, uh, to meet me? What do you mean what kind of opportunity are you missing like that? You know, opportunities like this, opportunities that are going to be life-changing don't come around often in life. And when they do come to you, you have to just accept that life is coming at you fast and just seize it and just so let it So you tried the confident coffee style? See that and one? she went, okay, yeah, I'll see you in five. Sounds good. Woo! Um... The, the confidence that you have to go with confidence style. that's the only way have so to. she she came <laughs> not yet um cut no, that. She, so she, no leave, leave, leave that in we don't cut anything so showed up 
hung out with her. Super cool. It was actually like hit it off with her. Like was really good. Um, talking a lot. I'm like, oh shit. Like this chick's actually like really cool. Um, and I'm like really drunk at this point where right? I had six. I, I, I buried six American vintages. You know, those, those bad yeah. boys. I had a six pack in like an hour. So like I was pretty saucy Jesus, with that. Jesus, man. And then I had two of our uh, official beer of the podcast, Orange Creamsicle Flying Monkeys. So your boy was, uh, your boy was feeling it. So um, after like 10 minutes of talking to her, she's like, oh yeah, I can't remember. What did she say? She goes, uh, we were talking about like getting to know her or like getting to know each other. I go, you know, a great way to get to know you. And she goes, wow, my couple of drinks this week right okay that's smooth that's smooth that's smooth uh-huh. and she goes that sounds great i'm like fantastic what night are you free she's like uh not sure yet depends on my work schedule but like tuesday or thursday i'm like all right you tell me what day you're free and i'll tell you what time i'm picking you up okay you're very forward she's also going with it yeah the whole she goes time. perfect she goes do yeah. you want my snap or do you want my phone number right hey, i go okay i go uh looking back i should have gone what i gotta take one and got both but i went Come on, I'm a man. I'm give me your phone number. I'm not. I'm not doing Snapchat. So I get her number. Um, Should have went with Snap. Yeah, I was gonna say that's my number one. No, you're a little boy if you get Snap. So I get her number. That's how you her. flirt. What do you mean? Everyone, you're an adult. You can flirt on Snapchat. Snapchat is message. for flirting. Get a text. Get the number. It. You look better as a guy if you get the number. So she goes. Okay, Raise so love advice. Mm-hmm. Get, get, the get the number. Do not get the Snapchat. You look like a fuck boy if you get Snapchat. Get the number um Braden knows so I get her number and we keep talking and then like she gets like I don't want to say aggressively sexual with me but like she's making it clear like she's down right because like first she's like oh my god like look like I gotta stay in my shirt and she's just pointing at her titties and then like they're pretty nice like they're pretty big and she's like she's like how do you think they look though like do they look good does my bra look good I'm like they look fantastic like I love the way they're sitting. All right, we're going to get a strike if you keep on going too far down that. So, like, well, it's stuff like that. She's pulling off. Or like, we go to the basement because she needs, like, uh, some mix for her drink. So, we go to the fridge down there. And then she's, like, looking in the shower. And that shower has a bench in it. And she goes, oh, I bet sex must be great on this thing. What? And I go, if you play on, your card, I go, I go, if you play your cards right, you'll find out. Um, but what I stopped happening? short. I stopped short. That's my move. Did you stop short? I stopped short. How do you stop short when you're not in the car? <laughs> How do you get stopped short if you don't get called the if she doesn't get called the if you don't get called the ass man in front of her? But um, I stopped short. I'm like that'll that'll reel her in. So I stopped short. How'd that go? Well, so then later on in the night, I'm like, hey, like she we made some jokes about her spending the night. I'm like, I'm gonna ask her to spend the night. Like, fuck, I don't give a shit. Um, but before I'm like, I'm pretty drunk. I gotta get this out of my system. I'm gonna go pull trick and then like give the teeth a brush. Like I'm be looking. I'm be sitting clean. You son of a bitch. So I'm thinking this is gonna be like a little five minute, like get it out of my system. No, you're kidding me. Um, I was in there for like 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, Braden. It, it was a lot to bring. And I went upstairs. I went to the upstairs washrooms. Like no one could hear me. I was like, I'm gonna be okay. Like no one's gonna hear. Like it's gonna be fine. So oh, I got my system and I felt better. Like I felt so much better. Like I couldn't fucking open my eyes. I come out. She left. Yeah. I went. So I text her and I was like, fuck, did you leave? And she goes, Yeah. I'm 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 shocked and I'm heartbroken. Said someone like that. Which I always say. And she just goes, Well, it was fun. I'm like, yeah, it was great. Like, let me, you know, I'll see you later. So that was Friday night. I don't text her. I don't text her Friday or Saturday. What? No, you gotta make them wait. But I did I did follow her on the Insta. 
Okay. She falls that's, back. That's something. She falls back. Yeah. Sunday at 1230-ish, shoot her a text. I go, hey, hope, you know, hope the weekend's been good. You still down for drinks this week? And? We are at 31 hours without a reply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. No. Oh, that, that one hurts. Although it hurts, man. You Can gotta I, be tactical with the with the pulling your trick, you know. I thought I was. You gotta you just have to know. 40 minutes ain't tactical. 40 minutes is not tactical. It's better in the toilet than on her. No, yes. you said you set yourself to the morgue that night, man. Well, I'm thinking 40 minutes short. is too you keep, long. You keep people wanting, that's the key. So I'm like you, but if you're throwing up, they're not gonna want. They didn't know, they didn't know I was throwing up. Because the party I was mean, outside. The party was outside it, in the backyard. I'm inside upstairs in a different room in the washroom. There's like five doors separating me. But if you floors. disappear, if you disappear for that long. You either just like left or you're repugent. Well, I live there, so who knows? But like, I thought it was weird. I didn't even get a text back. Okay, so can I ask why did you not text her back the next day? Because I've never understood the whole waiting move. Like, I don't. I've always just shown my cards. Yeah. Why do you I not show your it. cards? So I thought about it. I, I don't believe in the whole wait three days. I was like, it's one day. Like, who gives a fuck? I'm doing shit. Like, I went up to the cottage. It's, like, right. it's not like it was like me just sitting around being like, I'm going to play games. It was like, I'm doing shit. Like, I'm busy. One day is not going to hurt. Um, maybe I should have just said, hey, instead of just straight up being like, hey, so like, are you still down this week? Um, not to come on so so aggressively, but like I thought she was down. Like she seemed so down for it. Like she seemed so excited. I was like, this is easy, right? So and then I you pull Craig and you never see her again. But then, I know. But then I got the follow back on Saturday too. I'm like, oh, so she's down still. The follow back was good news for sure. But <sighs> so I don't, and I'm like, hey, it could you know not what? be dead. It could her... still be alive. Maybe the phone's in the shop. You never Here's know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kai remembers this. Kai remembers this. I was seeing my ex for a bit. Well, I was obviously seeing my ex. Back and forth here, we were on and off. The second time we were off, um, I ended up like talking to the server that Kai and I like knew because we obviously got drunk with her as a server. I got her number. We started texting. I asked her out. Kai, do you remember how long it took her to like respond to me? I remember as well. You made a whole song. <laughs> I, I, I sang a lot for my blues when I was upset with Kai. But... um. It took like 36 hours for her to get back to me. And she's like, yeah, I'm done. So we're holding on. Some people are like that, you know. I have Um, friends like that. I can be like that sometimes. I think that's an anomaly, though. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. I'm I'm holding out faith. You at least check your phone once a day. What's the point of having a phone if you're not going to check it once a day? I know. And then, yeah. Sometimes you go to respond and you just don't. Sometimes you type it up and you're like, oh, that's that's I'm like, I I can't send the double text, though. No, even in this position, no. I've got a great line for it. Let's see. Okay, so you're in this position. You need to double text. What's the line? Can you like bleep out two parts here? I can Mm. cut two parts because bleeping is harder than cutting. Does it actually have to get cut? Because we're pretty close to the end of the podcast. Rather keep names out of it. Don't say a name. Don't say names. It has to do with the line though. It's a pun. So, oh, it has to do with her specific name. That's where you're. Oh, I mean, then you're just telling us to, we'll talk about after the podcast. Okay. Yeah. I have to cut this anyways. Now that we've been talking about cutting for 20 seconds, leave it in. 
Leave it in. I'm leaving it in. Leave it in. If you're listening an hour into this podcast, you either left it on um, or you're an avid fan. You got to go to fucking therapy if you're still listening to this. Um, this is therapy. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my love life. Do you see why I like? I think there's a lot of listeners um, right now who are thinking, I think he should have texted her quicker. We'll get the ladies input. I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking yeah. I not like jumped off a building yet. I don't um, know if that would have made a difference, though, to be honest with you. No, I don't think one day makes a difference. No. Pulling the trick 40 minutes might be the big thing. Eh? You shot yourself in the foot. Big time there. <laughs> but, Brayden, you know, live and learn type of thing, right? Yeah. You know, as I'll long learn. as, as, long as you learned something. No, I'll do oh, it again. Okay. Never mind. You didn't learn anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. I'll do it again. Um. Okay, well, I guess that's it for the show. Uh, I guess we'll end it on a joke. Uh, so a moth goes into a podiatrist's office. In the podiatrist's office, uh, he goes in there, he says, what's the problem? The podiatrist says, uh, the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? I go to work for Gregory Levinovich, and all day long I work. Honestly, doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know if Gregory knows he only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness, but I don't know. I wake up in a loss, and I walk here and there. The podiatrist says, oh, yeah? Moth goes. At night, sometimes I wake up, and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm. A lady I once love. I don't know where to turn to. My youngest Alexandria. Are you doing this whole thing? She fell in the cold of last year, and, Doc, I'm just... I don't feel good. Sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth, just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. Not feeling good. And the doctor says, moth, man, you're troubled for sure, but you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? The moth says, because the light was on. <laughs>